0: testing What's up? I'm Jacob Blitzo, your Elixir mentor and welcome you to the show. This is where we discuss everything related to Elixir, from interviews with enthusiasts and pioneers in the community to innovative projects and libraries shaping Elixir's future. So let's get started. Today I'm excited to have a guest with us, uh, Gus. He is deeply involved in the Elixir community through his work with ELX Pro, which is focused on teaching full stack Elixir development. He also runs a YouTube channel on Elixir filled with great educational content. So make sure you subscribe to his channel. I have that linked in the description below. Gus, welcome to the show. Can you tell us about your background experience with Elixir? What kind of got you involved with Elixir and what motivated you to start teaching?
1: Uh, thank you, uh, Jacob. Uh, I'm super excited to have this meeting with you uh i really appreciate your work and especially for the elixir community uh what makes me feel excited about elixir was i can study few things and do a lot of stuffs um about my backing ground um we were talking about uh 10 minutes ago about my background and why i decided to move my career to elixir uh i mentioned that it's related to frameworks and i mentioned that i came from java it was really hard to migrate for elixir because uh, the functional programming was super hard for me to understand at the beginning and what motivated me to teach elixir because uh if we talk about uh four years six years ago we didn't have a lot of contents And especially, I think you have the same uh, motivation almost. Uh, I don't want people having the same bad experience that I had studying uh, a lot and making researches and spending too much time to learn something. I want to make people's life easier to uh, learn Elixir faster. That makes me feel motivated to teach Elixir. also, about my backing ground, some things that I did using Elixir was handling with one million data to has in the in the database under 10 minutes uh using uh Kafka and MongoDB and Elasticsearch. Another thing that I did that I loved was uh handling with PDFs and backing grounds using live view and real-time applications. So and handling with the distributed notes with live view was so easy to to handle but that makes me feel excited when i when i create this kind of project
0: yeah i think we have very similar reasons why we started teaching uh i probably rewrote and started over multiple times when i started my first elixir project and it was just back end and it was very difficult to find good resources that were actually like production ready applications. Like you always get your simple tutorials, like here's how functional programming works, blah, blah, blah. But you don't actually know how to start an entire application. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. Um, Now, when did you start uh, ELX Pro?
1: Well, I started in Portuguese uh, four years ago, I think. Uh, and then I moved to English, I think was last year. Uh, I, I started producing some contests in English a uh, two years ago, but nothing. So that makes me feel so excited. And then I moved everything to English, uh, last year in the middle of the year. Okay. was um,
0: was that a hard move? I feel like, like, I don't know a second language that would be extremely difficult to do.
1: Yeah, what made me feel excited uh, to move to English was uh, people came to my YouTube channel in Portuguese, asking English content because they knew that I was working in in the U.S.
0: Okay, that's awesome. And now, how long? That's why I moved. How how did you get into Elixir, like in your professional career? What dragged you in? Was it difficult, or did it kind of just fall into your lap and you had to learn it?
1: Uh, it was so difficult because I was working as a Java developer for five years. And then when I moved my career to Elixir, was just studying a lot and getting a personal project and some of my friends just asking small projects. Then I just uh, was creating Elixir. Uh, and the harder thing was move to functional programming language because I was just thinking of oriented programming languages and how manage these states, uh, like memories, things that I don't remember, to be honest. It's around six years. To be honest, I don't know how to create a class and an object anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or not, but I don't know more.
0: When I started um, doing like JS hooks again, like when in my Just clone series, it was really hard to remember how to write JavaScript. <laughs> it came, I know. I it, ca- it came back, but it, it was more difficult. Um, all right. So today is going to be cool. Um, our last live stream I did with Andrew last week, we did Live View. So I think it kind of makes sense to go into Tailwind. And the cool thing is since Phoenix 1.7, Tailwind is now built in by default and you don't have to use node or anything difficult to get it installed up and running. So uh let's talk about Tailwind and where do you even get started when you want to start using Tailwind in a Phoenix project? I started
1: with Tailwind when when we have Phoenix 1.2. Okay. Now we are on 1.7 uh It was just like uh, you have to install tailwind, not like the phone that we have using mix. You have to install using the NPM and then set up a lot of things to use tailwind. But to be honest, was the best thing that you you, that I could do because thinking of bootstrap and other frameworks was much more harder. Plus tailwind, it's a mobile first application. So that's why I like it. but yeah, now things is much more easier. Uh, at the beginning, when I started, there was no architecture uh, focus on Tailwind.
0: I just recently found out that I am using tail, Tailwind wrong. I'm that nasty guy that uses add apply over and over. And I just realized that is not good. <laughs> Why? Um, because it's just, you're not, you're using, you're using like nasty CSS versus the, like the beauty of tailwind. Apparently I was just watching a Theo video where he explained that, um, the, the creator of tailwind regrets having the add apply functionality (laughs) and apparently it leads to a lot of CSS bugs. Oh
1: really? Could you yeah. share with me later? I yeah, like, I'll put I'll actually
0: put the video in the link of this live stream too cuz it was really good. It was only like a 9-minute video and he went through all this all these great tips honestly. And one of the tips that he mentioned that which helps me a lot is keeping up a tailwind cheat sheet because it kind of helps you to know what commands or you know, what classes you can use right off the bat without digging through documentation. Because I feel like documentation is great, but it doesn't really help you when you're building out you know components and whatever you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But- Yeah. Share
1: with me because that would be great. Maybe I can change. Maybe I definitely need to change some stuff that I've been doing.
0: Yeah, it made me, I was like, shoot, dude, that, like <laughs> if, if anyone watches my videos, I always make sure I tell them like, look guys, we're building a gist clone, but the front end stuff is not going to be pretty. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'm going to have it working, but don't make fun of my, my tailwind and CSS classes because I'm just, you know, trying to get it to work. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So. When we are talking about basics, what is the difference between like uh, Tailwind classes or, yeah, Tailwind classes or modules like root versus app? When do you want to build them in like the root config file versus just directly laying them in your like Heeks or HTML files?
1: Uh, When I mean uh, root is more related to uh, the default live view architecture. OK, the, the main difference is that the root, if we're talking about the live view, uh, we have the root and then move to app. Which is a live view. Mm-hmm. The difference is that root, we have the connection. In the app, we have the socket and they are different process IDs. right? And also, if we talk about root, we are talking about the whole app. When we talk about the uh, app file, we are talking about only the live view. So mm-hmm. you need to be aware. So if I create a layout focus on route, uh, how can I reuse it if I need information that comes from the socket? For example, a card that we want a card in a real time, but we added um, the main layout on the route. Mm -hmm. How can we make it real time? So it's better to move to the app. What I usually do, um, I created a sample app here, the full Phoenix, if you want to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Share some code. Might as well.
1: Sure. Uh, So right here, are you able to see my screen?
0: Uh, No, I just see you.
1: Okay, what about now?
0: Mm -mm. Let's see. I might be able to change settings here.
1: Are you can you see now? Um,
0: No, we might not. I don't know because we so we're using video ninja and we're broadcasting you. I don't know if we'll actually be able to. Oh, really? Share your screen. I might have to change. Let me see. I'm sharing. Uh, but... Let's see if I can find a different uh, broadcast URL. Let me just
1: take a screenshot here and share with you.
0: um that's okay we'll just uh let's just keep this conversational and we can kind of describe things and then that way when i upload this as a podcast people listening won't get confused sounds good yeah
1: yeah uh, basically what i usually do i usually create the whole layout using so you go to the components folder then layout i remove everything related to uh the the root i just keep the class until even the bgys i remove everything Mm. the app i usually remove everything too and then i started the uh layout using everything as a blank page
0: do you not put like navigation bar and footer in the app you remove that too
1: i removed everything and just i keep let me just send to you just to have you an idea I screenshot so this is what I usually uh have here on root in the app because when I started uh I, I i like following some principles such as dry keys and yagni, and I prefer uh keep it so simple and stupid. Where um I can start building things with everything empty Let mm-hmm. me share with on the discord, and the main reason is because um I saw some architectures uh in companies that I worked, and one of the problems was uh they started the layout using the i think it was root, but before yeah that was always root and, uh, and it changed on phoenix one point six. Okay. And then when you start the app using this way and adding like a side and then the main use uh wrapping the flex flash group and inner content.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm talking about uh not a website or something like that. I'm talking about um application uh for uh internal users or something like that okay it's gonna be more straightforward for even for testing it's easier
0: okay that's interesting i've never thought about even removing like background color and everything from root i normally like keep that you know whatever my main background is but i get that because it does complicate things and down the road when you're building other live views or any you know html it might override what you're doing and confuse confuse you and make a hell of yes. a debug session
1: yeah yeah when you do this way um basically what you usually add for example if you have a sidebar and then the main content uh the layout starts very simple like uh let me just prepare for you just like this uh, on the app, a site and the main thing. And then I started styling. why Uh, in the past, I I did the same that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And what was the problem? I need to try to figure out why I can't make this properties using divs and CSS uh aligned Mm -hmm. for example on the center or the left and then i figured that out that was the main that it started with phoenix that was causing the problem
0: yeah i could see that being a huge issue um so how when you build components like say you have a navigation bar that you want throughout your app or a sidebar you don't put that in your app file
1: I put that on my app file. Okay, but you, I- but
0: root always stays empty. You just pass along inner content and the flash data and move on. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. That's that's pretty much how I do everything as well. I like that a lot. Now, yeah. when you're creating when you're creating templates with Tailwind, everyone, you know, it's utility first. It's awesome and it's always supporting mobile first, right? Can you explain the process of how you create like a reusable tailwind component and what makes it better than just normal CSS?
1: Well, you mentioned that uh, they're talking about the apply. Sometimes I use the apply when I notice, for example, the four buttons we have like, uh, for example, padding four, Cover, uh brightness 105, and a shadow is small. Mm-hmm. So let's start thinking of Tailwind, and then we can talk about components with Elixir. Okay. Like using Phoenix dot component. But if I notice that most button we've I've, I've been using this properties, I created the apply, just like uh, btn default, and then I added, for example, the background and the text or something like that. Or even the background colors because I know that the brightness 105 will be the full for every buttons. And when we talk about Phoenix, the tool in this case is so powerful. uh, Unfortunately, I can uh, share some examples, but let me try visualize it and explain. So imagine that uh, we need to create like items, uh, I usually create uh, very small properties on the same file. For example, I created a sidebar, and the sidebar started becoming huge, around 25 uh, lines. Mm-hmm. I create components uh, components normally, not like live components, because now this is another topic that we would discuss, because we have the function components and uh, stateful components but I usually create the function component and then we use them.
0: Yeah, well, we so we talked about this a little bit last week. Function components are basically just when you have a chunk of UI you wanna reuse everywhere, right? And you might just pass in a couple elements, just like a title or description, very basic non-stateful holding components.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or even when you want to reuse, for example, You have a cart and then sometimes you need the image and sometimes you don't. So you can use these lots, but basically, yeah. Function components is just like reusing HTML.
0: Now I've had a lot of comments uh, where people will ask me, like, why aren't I breaking things up in components? And I always like to build things out. Like I want everything to look good and beautiful all, you know, in my Higgs template, right? And if I start seeing large chunks of code, that's when I'll be like, okay, this could be a function component. And like I don't, I live, live components, I don't think you want to overuse. I think there are special cases for it because I think they can get very confusing in large code base really quickly because you're kind of passing around state into the component and then, I don't know. I personally think it can make your code base very confusing and so I always like to build things out and I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, inline tailwind classes, like copying and pasting necessarily. I don't think you have to worry about that too much. And I think it's hard for being a developer because you're always like, you know, dry, right? Or keep it simple and. I think sometimes copying and pasting is keeping it simple and you don't have to worry about making everything a tailwind class, right? Not everything needs to be reused from the same spot over and over and over.
1: Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, uh, it's a balance between, uh, keep it simple as you mentioned, sometimes it's copy and paste.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Sometimes it's a copy and paste. Keep it simple. Uh, Oh, I'm going to think about What I like uh, because we're talking about it, this is another topic. So I think that when I think of keep it simple, is is it clear if other devs see my code, will they understand what I'm saying with one line, or if it's just a copy and paste, will they understand or they can refactor it easily?
0: Mm -hmm. Keep it
1: simple. It's more about other people reading your code instead of just, keep it simple for you, it's okay, but keep it simple for other people, it's another
0: thing. Will will the the next developer wanna kill you when he inherits your code base? If the answer is yes, you're not keeping it simple, right? Or like, (laughs) if you have to document and comment a bunch of code because what you're doing is so confusing, you probably need to, Break it apart and make whatever you're doing a little more simplified, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. That's the answer.: Yeah. Someone, is someone kill you when reading your code?
0: <laughs> or would you <laughs> would you kill yourself going back to your code in six months?: <laughs> Yeah Cause how often do you, How often do you go and revisit old code from six months ago and you ask yourself, "Who the hell wrote this?" and then you remember it was you?
1: exactly yeah
0: so i like that yeah if uh the next person inheriting your code will kill you you, you're writing something too complicated or you know you, you might be trying to reuse too much code too because it is not always the easiest thing to track down your tailwind classes or you know
1: yeah
0: um As far as, like, efficiency tips, do you have any good tips when you're using Tailwind?
1: Uh, I think the first one is, uh, if we are using Tailwind, I would invest sometimes understanding the Flexbox and CSS Grid. Mm-hmm. 90% of your time using Tailwind, you're going to see Grid and Flex. Flex code mm-hmm. and grid calls and grid templates. If you understand at least this property with uh, CSS, T-Wind will be much more straightforward because probably you s- I've already did that. So you go to T-Wind components, or I think it's flow Bit or BitFlow or something like that, where you can just copy and paste Tailwind code.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes.
1: It's okay if it's a messy because they're using properties like focus within, and then group, hover, brightness, 105. So it's like a lot of properties together. If you at least understand, um, the flex box and CSS grid, two it will be uh, simpler.
0: It took me a minute what when about I, you? when I started trying to understand, I, I'm by no means an expert. And if you watch my CSS skills or tailwind skills, you'll understand. But flex was a very important thing to grasp because it starts making your layout a little more automatic without having to tweak your CSS, right? Tailwind kind of manages your components for you. And I found that really nice. The the biggest trick or tip that I would give, I constantly have, tailwind cheat sheets up. Cause I don't remember all the classes that I can call. And it's kind of nice. Like if I want to change, you know, a grid layout or flex box, I can just simply, you know, search for flex and then see all my options and figure out pretty quickly what I need to use. So I think, don't be scared of having a, a cheat sheet available. And I've actually wanted to build a cheat sheet for, like elixir phoenix projects i think it would be cool to have a good documented cheat sheet out there for people just like mm-hmm. how, like mixed cheat sheet elixir cheat sheet ecto cheat sheet and just have it a nice library where you can just search for things that you want to do
1: yeah nice have you used the tailings intel sense on yes code
0: um I don't think I have. Is it something I need to install?
1: Uh, definitely, because it it is auto complete, and also it will give you tips related to Elixir. Let me share with you uh, things that you can do using that. Uh, let me give you some screenshots. So it is auto complete uh, for Tailwind, and plus, uh, it will give you a lot of information of what you are using so
0: can you just you let's some... let's verbally just run down what it does so everyone that is just listening and watching
1: okay get the so same it's, benefit, yeah it's like uh autocomplete and also give you tips in a real time using the tailing for example if you're, if you want to using the padding it will show you the ring and the pixels when you add the property if you want to add the background for example it will show you even the colors that you have available
0: on tailwind. Oh, nice. Which is fantastic. That is, that's really nice. Auto complete with any IDE for anything is a must, right?
1: Yes, yes. And another thing that's that I feel it's interesting, it's using the image together, image and tailwind. Because image, it's like a way where you create HTML much more faster. Mm-hmm. For example, you can create a, a layout in like, two minutes and then you can just go back and styling it.
0: Okay. Um, can you explain what it's emit, right? Or emit? I don't know how to say it, but, uh, can you um, explain what that does a little bit? Cause I don't know if I even know, I kind of just assumed it was a linter, but I'm probably way wrong.
1: Emit is a way, for example, you want to create a UL list. Mm-hmm. So, Instead of creating the UL tag and then L I and then just copy and paste the L I any times, you can just write UL higher symbol L I plus six. It will create the HTML,
0: the whole HTML for you. Okay, that's amazing. See, I've never used that. See all these tricks coming from the back end. I need to hang out with Gus more and learn how to become a front end or a full stack developer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: appreciate
1: it yeah i think that's the main chip that i would give uh but definitely uh, i think the t-wing uh intellisense plugin uh it's amazing it's very similar with the t chit chip that you mentioned mm-hmm. as far as i pronounced the, the word incorrectly because i had some problem with this two words oh you're
0: fine i have problems with it too and It's my native language. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, one nice thing with Tailwind is you can have like a project config file, right? So you can kind of have defaults and set up your branding all in one place. So you can have your font brand, uh, the weight of your font, colors, all that good stuff. And you just have to set it up once and then you can call your default settings you know with one what with, with a really simple tailwind class right
1: yeah definitely especially uh creating the layouts so things that we need to avoid with failings the arbitrary properties have you uh created something that you need the brackets for example w uh, slash brackets to add for example 100 pixels mm-hmm. this is kind yeah. of things that you should avoid to use and then just move to the tailwind properties.
0: Yeah, see, I always have that problem. I always want to use pixels and not use the tailwind, what like the the rem sizes. And I know it's wrong, but sometimes I just get frustrated and I'm like, I just want a pixel here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) When I started with the tailwind, oh, it's kind of... I'm gonna say some words here. <laughs> so frustrated, things
0: to do. Well, you mentioned when you first started using Tailwind that you hated it. You wanna you wanna talk about that a little bit, your experience and your growth with learning to love it.
1: Yep, when I started was uh, with Tailwind was because. I was looking for a framework that would be simple to build stuff without using the Bootstrap because I used Bootstrap a lot in the past, but it was so hard to set up. Even in JavaScript was so hard, I don't know how it works now. But thinking of Elixir uh, six years ago with Phoenix, it's not so simple. Things now, it's much more straightforward with Elixir now. At that time, I noticed that the Tailwind was just like uh, uh, adding uh, one, ro- one uh, line, which is the style uh, sheet, uh, with the Tailwind CDN, and everything will work fine. So that's why I moved to Tailwind because installing stuff related to uh, JavaScript with Phoenix was really hard. Plus uh that time we had I, I I think we still have it is I think it's the T components or something like that where we have like a pull dashboard done for you. And I needed that to build kind of stuff to my clients fast.
0: I feel like the I component love- library is amazing for like internal tooling dashboards and things like that. Cause you can exactly. just, you can get things up really quick. Um, I'm definitely, I struggle with grabbing Tailwind templates. I f- I don't know, like for whatever reason, building things from scratch, I understand it so much more. So it's hard for me to just like grab this dashboard with the toolbar on the side and figure out how to reuse it. But the more I have been using Tailwind and getting a little more familiar with writing HTML and my hex templates and things like that, it's, I'm seeing the power for it. Like you can create things so much faster. And yeah. when you don't care too much about the UI or UX design, you just need functionality grabbing templates like that make internal tooling. So awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but at the same time, I love it. But after two or three months that I had to maintain the code, I hated.
0: <laughs> you hated the templates that you were using?
1: The templates that I was using and well, the code that I built, too.
0: Oh, I mean, Both. <laughs> are you really growing as an engineer if you don't hate your code in six months? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime yeah, nice you go time. back and look at your code, you should probably be a little embarrassed. And then also be thankful because that means you learned a lot since you were in your code yeah, base last. Yeah,
1: that's the game. And I stopped using t for three years. And when they mention on Phoenix 1.5 that they are going to use t as a default for the next versions, mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not gonna use phoenix anymore to be honest i'm not gonna be a uh, front-end developers because i hated that yeah and then when i you mentioned that about my journey but when i study uh css grid and flexbox because all the frameworks for me was cracked oh not even makes more sense for me that's why i mentioned to study flexbox and css grid
0: yeah it's definitely important, and I'll put I'll put some links in the description below after this. Like I found some really good Tailwind tutorials. Like YouTube is so amazing for educational content, and yeah. just learning a few tricks make everything so much better. And it kind of like I'm kind of regretting now all my gist clone tutorials where I just write add apply add apply all the way through my. Uh, my tailwind classes, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm learning too, guys. I'm not a front end dev. I'm just, uh, trying to create awesome projects for people to learn from. And it's good. Awesome. It's good. Cause it forces me to learn too.
1: Yeah. That's the game.
0: Yeah. And I'll put, I'll also put my favorite cheat sheet. It's just the cheat sheet that tailwind has. And that's a great site to explore and play around on. So I don't know if you've ever checked that out or not, Gus, but it's a good one.
1: I'm checking right now. Oh, it's pretty nice.
0: Yeah, it's- I like that it has a good search feature too, and it has everything kind of broken up. So you have your like flex boxing grid category, and you can see everything you can do to get your main layout just ready to go, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, it's almost the same that the T-Wing... Uh, IntelliSense. I can share with you the library.
0: Yeah, uh, share that with me, and I'll add that to uh, the description as well so everyone listening can add that to their VS Code extension list.
1: Sure. I'm going to share with you. Right here, Let me just get.
0: Uh, let's see. Here. We have a question from Ali. I love Tailwind. However, I also realize there's a lot of people who hate it. By embedding Tailwind as a default experience with Phoenix, I'm afraid that may push people away. Maybe. It might, but it actually kind of made me just try it out again or you know, give it a chance. <laughs> yeah. But I could see it working both ways for sure.
1: Yeah. Tailwind works today. We have I have a default configuration to uh Tailwind with Phoenix too. Which is fantastic. You can Think that only HTML when you are working with Elixir and Tailwind.
0: Mm-hmm. That is nice for sure. All right. Do you have any Do you have any practical advice and best practices when it comes to using Tailwind in your Phoenix Live View applications? And is there anything that like helps you? keep your style organized and is there anything that you need to avoid so you don't have like pitfalls in the future where you kind of regret setting things up like maybe too many tailwind classes i don't know
1: well i think that things that as i mentioned you i hated tailwind because i'm just seeing my screen because that makes me feel uh, i remember that I was just copy and paste code Mm -hmm. without understanding what i'm doing just oh if this shit works sorry for the word but if this works it's fine Mm -hmm. so just understand the properties that you are using for example if you go some websites uh i want to create like a border with a gradient so before copy and paste, understand what you are doing, because I did that with Elixir, Phoenix, and sometimes Live View 2, uh, that was okay, but with Daywind.
0: I think everyone can be guilty. Was, when you're first learning something, everyone can be guilty with, you know, it's that meme where you you copy and paste code from Stack Overflow, right? And it's just yeah. the worst advice ever. And you want to make sure you at least have good code smell before you're just copying and pasting code. Cause you want to know what you're doing. And I feel like now with like AI and like chat GPT, people are running into even more problems, right? Cause you have to remember these like learning models are learning off of the majority of code that exists. So it might not be best practices. You want to be careful. You want to understand what you're putting in your project before, like, it's not bad to use it as a reference, but understand yeah. how it works before you just copy and paste, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The biggest mistake was just copy and paste tailwind classes. Yeah. And mostly, like, 80% I, I didn't need because focus, for example, why do I need a focus within and sometimes some background and some kind of properties that was just related to input stuff instead of just. Uh, border, radiant border.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that with front-end development. I would copy and paste and just hack my way through and try to use templates to do what I was doing and not really know what was going on. And I would just, as long as I got the data I wanted showing, showing, I was happy. <laughs> but <laughs> that's not the best way to do things. And I will say, since my GIST clone project, it's made me sit sit back and like understand what I'm doing and I'm sure you've noticed that too since you've started teaching and mentoring people as well you have to yeah. understand concepts in a a little different I don't want to say a deeper way but to communicate how to do something it's way different than just doing it right cuz now you have to communicate yeah. and explain how to do something and I think I think I've been doing my YouTube channel for like a year and a half, maybe. And it's made me a better engineer because I've had to learn concepts differently. I don't want to say deeper, but it's like you have to learn the same concept kind of like twice. Your engineering concept and then the communicating of it process. And it's been good. What is your experience with that? Kind of the same thing?
1: Kind of the same thing, uh, especially, I don't know uh, if that happened with you, but sometimes people ask me what is behind this? And then what is behind what I'm teaching, for example?
0: That's the question you don't want to hear because then it means you didn't teach it deep enough, right? And you're like, oh shoot, I did kind of glaze over things. And it makes you think about I want to say like I'm I'm a relatively fast learner, but I also think I I have to understand things. I don't know. I feel like to fully grasp things, I'm a little slower, but I think that like weird balance makes me a better teacher because I know how to break things down a little more simplified. Like I'll never claim to be a super smart person. I am smart enough to do whatever I need to do. And what's good with that is when I learn a concept, I'm really good at breaking it down and explaining it. And I also know at the same time I'm not going to build a new framework. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I think I I have accepted I'm like a good bridge between really smart engineers and people that are potentially going to become really smart engineers in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. When you mention about teaching was a time that I was man- uh, mentoring uh, one guy and he didn't stop asking me why. Why do we have this in my view? view? Uh, because this is a process. What is a process? A process, this, 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 this. Uh, but how can we start a process? Man, we are on Erlang code now. Study by yourself. So
0: it's so good. Like people like. People like that that just know how to ask questions and don't hold back are some of the best students or people to have around because it makes you start thinking. It's like, huh? Yeah. Okay, let's dive into this. Because everyone hears about processes and the concurrency bonuses that you get with, you know, the beam VM. So we should probably understand how those work.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That was super nice because with that guy, I learned and I fixed what I study about Elixir in three hours, what I didn't fix in like years.
0: That's wild, right? I yeah. remember like I, I regurgitated all the points of why Elixir is awesome when I first started learning it. And then when I started grasping like message passing and processes and gen servers, that's when the magic kind of like reveals itself of yeah. the power behind, you know, building, distributed apps and the fact that you can have millions of processes all doing different things and not bogging down, you know, any other process slowing down, you know, user experience or anything. And I think that's, that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, Gus, it was amazing having you on. I'm glad we did this. If there is any closing, tips advice or anything like where can people find you do you have social media handles i have your youtube channel already linked below but is there anything that you want people to know about you or just any good advice to close off with
1: uh i think that one of the advices that i forgot to mention is that we talked about uh doing some mobile first framework Sometimes it's good you work with uh, like 70% of your VS code and 30% or even 20% using the browser and start the mobile first because creating the layout with Phoenix and Live View will be straightforward too. Uh, my social medias. I, I, I think at least, at least at the moment is more the YouTube channel mm-hmm. I mentioned to you why. <laughs> Uh, and that's it.
0: Yeah, awesome. So if you guys are not subscribed, his YouTube channel is linked below. He has great content. Definitely check him out. I also have his, uh, how do you say ELX Pro, or how do you pronounce your company? ELX Pro. ELX Pro, okay. I have that website linked below too if you want to check it out. And Gus has been amazing. Ever since I started my channel, He, I think you were one of the first people to like reach out to me tell me that my content's amazing to keep it up. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. And honestly, the elixir community is just full of nice people. So I think yeah, support everyone whoever you can, especially if they're doing cool stuff. And that's kind of why I wanted to start this the live streams on Friday is cuz I get to talk to people in the community that are doing cool things and I think it's good to bring awareness to everybody. So we can just all grow in popularity together. That's the goal, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, when I saw your YouTube channel, he's teaching a lot of amazing things about elixir. I need to reach out to him and tell that he shouldn't stop because I like his channel.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. that uh, it meant a lot to me. So it's been good. And before we get off, guys, is there any more questions that you have for Gus or myself? And if there are, go ahead and get those in the chat and we'll do our best to answer them. But other than that, I hope everyone has a good weekend. And I think this was a fun talk about Tailwind. It's definitely front-end dev is my weakness and I'm trying to get through that. Mm. (laughs) But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun guys and uh, we'll see you in the next video. Testing.